Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are covering the survivor story of Holly Dunn. Ooh, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. But before we get into that, what's going on? I mean, my birthday was on Sunday. Yes, it was. And I had a lot of fun with that. We went out to Erie's and got to go see the fireworks. We got to see the deer. And the raccoons. And the raccoons. And the bats. Yeah, in the backyard. And that one asshole deer that decided he was going to be an asshole deer and kick <laughs> his deer friend. Right. Um, and then we went over to your parents yesterday for the 4th, yep. which was a lot of fun. And then we came home because we were like, oh, like the girls and the fireworks. And so we didn't go downtown. But as we were sitting here, we were like, oh, it sounds like they've started the fireworks earlier than normal. Because typically they start around 10, but it was like like 9.40 when they started them. Yeah, it was a little bit earlier than normal. Right. And then we realized it was because of the massive storm that was about ready to take place. And we did not realize it until we could hear the fireworks ending. And about 20 minutes later, there's just streaks of lightning through the sky. It was intense. It really shook the house on some of them. Yeah, and you know, and typically I'm not one to be like, I want to like curl up into the couch and because I'm nervous of storms, I typically do not get nervous of them. It's normally you that does not like thunderstorms because, you know, you've lived in an area where there's been tornadoes and... Well, I don't want to say there's been tornadoes. I think I've only seen one. There's a lot of water sprouts. Yeah, you know, but you, you've seen some worse storms, I think, living over yeah, here growing up. I'm not a big up. fan of storms. Right. And... I, for the first time, I think ever, just was like, I'm going to curl up on the couch a little closer. And then there came the cat and the dogs and the little babies. When I went to check on them, they were like holding each other and <laughs> giving little kissy faces to like love one another. So I've had them with me all morning because they were kind of traumatized by the bings and then the the booms. But what about you? I mean, we were together all weekend. I feel like it just covered everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So... Everything that he just said, me too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, we, we got a, a guest host coming with us next week. Yes, we do. For episode number nine, the one before the finale. Yup, yup. Um, I know that she's excited to do it. I'm excited to have her. We I know that we talked about that we were going to have a guest with like a a, a listener. Yep, a listener's tale. Um, but some stuff came up on her end and it's completely understandable. We get it. And so in a future date, if she is able to and wanting to, we will cover her episode on like a different side right. side episode because yep. we've got only two more left for the season and then we're moving on to... And our season finale slot is already blocked. Right. And and then we're moving on to Murder on Campus. But if we have to, like we do the sides, like we do the dumb laws, we could always put put it in there. But we understand with her and we get it and we don't want her to feel pressure you know, from us on our end for that, because it is, right. you know, it, it's something hard to... And it's her story. Right, it is. It is her story, and she she is a survivor of her story, and she needs to be allowed to have that and not have somebody else take that from her. Exactly. 
However, what we can do, though, is shout out some listeners. Shout out! So we have Craig R., Matt D., and Amber A. Thank you guys so much for being listeners. We appreciate it a lot. Without your support for listening, we... Would still probably do this, but not feel special. Right, and I like feeling special. So as Ryan mentioned before, we are going to be covering the story of Hallie Dunn. So, Ryan, do you want to get us started in on Holly's story? Absolutely. So, we'll be talking about how Holly uh, survived the attack from a serial killer. And a, a fairly famous one, I guess. I, I Do I know the serial killer? I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. But uh, I, I know we hate the, that of the monikers. Oh. But his moniker was the railroad killer. Oh, God. Really? Did he kill anybody with a railroad? Yeah, he picked up the whole train and smashed just someone. smashed the shit he, out of he people He hulked the it. shit out of a train and killed someone. Oh, God. <laughs> let me guess. Can I take a guess of what he did then? Go for it. So, let me guess. He was a transient who would go on the railroad, like, probably one of those big old school ones where, like, they've got five billion cars and only take five hours for them to pass, and he would ride on one and go from town to town to town and jump off and then murder somebody and get back on and go from <laughs> a different town. Am I about right? Uh, I, I, I guess I don't know that much of an aspect of it. All I know is a majority of his victims were killed in the vicinity of a railroad track. Okay, so I'm not right at all. I'm just guessing. I mean, he and now been... I make myself sound like an asshole <laughs> because I just made that wild, wild assumption. He could have been train hopping and then did that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, because when you say railroad killer, I just feel like you're you, if you're not picking up the fucking railroad, <laughs> like just call him the douchebag killer. Yeah, the you douchebag know, killer. Unless he's using a rail spike. Well. Oh God. Never mind, just get to Holly. (laughs) All right, so let's jump into that time machine and head back to 1997 to Kentucky. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Call us when you're dead cannot be responsible for any lost limbs. (laughs) So more specifically, August 29th, 1997. Here we're going to meet a young couple, Holly Dunn and Christopher Mayer. I was only seven years old at that time. Were you? Mm Mm-hmm. I was about ten. You're old. I know. Both happened to be students at the University of Kentucky, and both of them were 20 years old at the time. Hey, really nice. I mean, at least they found somebody that they were the same age as each other. Right, yeah. Probably very relatable, because once you hit that 21-year-old age and you one can drink and the other one can't, then there's sometimes oh, yeah. like breakings in friendships or relationships over it. For sure, for sure. Holly and Chris are attending an off-campus party, as college students do. Hence why this case is being told in the Survivor Story season and not the one of our upcoming seasons of The Murder on Campus. Right. Because they were technically not on campus. Right. And they, well, I mean, in the in the Murder on Campus one, I don't think it will be just all on-campus murders. No, probably not. But the murderer will have either lived on campus or the murders will happen on campus. I guess we need to well, cover that a little better. Yeah, we'll figure that out once we get going on season three. Yeah. So they decide to take either uh, take a break from the party or possibly call it a night. But either way, the couple went out for a late night stroll near the railroad tracks. Giggity. Giggity, giggity. So Ryan is going to make me read this name that I've already asked him once to pronounce it for me. Because I don't know how to pronounce his name. 
but he told me it doesn't matter because the person we're about ready to talk about is the douche. Right. So if you so, slaughter his name, who gives a shit? Because he's an ass face. I'm going to say it once. And if I'm getting it wrong, please just correct me and I will try to get it right. But I don't really fucking care at the same time. <laughs> this is where a man by the name of Angel Renene, Renendez. Resendez? Resendez. I don't know why I said Renendez. There's not an N right there. Yeah, I don't know. Angel McAss face Boogerton. Right. So, was hiding and lurking for potential victims. He spotted and approached Holly and Chris, demanding their money. He had some sort of weapon in this in his hand that looked like an ice pick or a screwdriver. Being a couple of broke college kids, Holly and Chris had no money to give him. This, of course, upsets Dushel McDoucheface, Resendez. He ordered them to lay face down on the ground, then proceeded to tie their hands and feet using their own stuff to do so. He used Holly's own belt to tie her up, and he used Chris's own backpack to tie him up. He then ripped a shirt to stuff in their mouth and gag them. I have questions. Sure, I'll try to answer some questions. Okay. How do you use a backpack to tie somebody up? Yeah, I kind of was wondering that too. I feel like that's something you get out of really easy because it's a backpack. Backpack, backpack. You would think, but today, nowadays, there's so many different types of backpacks. Like, what if the backpack he was using was like the one of the shoulder bags? Chris isn't in on this, is he? In on what? On this attack? No. Okay. I understand that we that like Angel was lurking, but the backpack thing makes me think that he's in on it. No, he's not in on it. Okay. And and again, I, I question I, I was curious on how the backpack uh was sufficient enough to tie someone up, but I'm I'm But you know what? The more I think about it, what if he put it around his arms, like through his shoulders, and then forced his legs up right. into it? And then did it that way because then it's almost essentially hog tying you. Exactly. So I guess I see it, but it on first read, it almost, and I'm not blaming Chris for it because it's just a weird way to be, I guess, tied up, but right, right. it almost looks off of that, that Chris is involved because I, yeah. in my mind, it just doesn't make <laughs> sense, but yeah. that's just me being me, you know? But yeah, I can, I can promise you'll, you'll find out later. Chris is not involved. Okay, good, because I really don't want him to be a bad guy. I don't. And, like, I, I, I can kind of spoil alert for you. The Survivor story is called The Survivor Story of Holly Dunn. And not Chris. Oh. Oh. Oh, that's sad. Spoiler. Okay. Well. Resendez was going back and forth from the car, snooping around, seeing what he could get. While he was doing that, Holly and Chris both managed to get their gags out of their mouth. They started whispering to each other, trying to strategize about what to do. However, they couldn't get untied, and before they knew it, Resendez was coming back. That's good that they got the gags out and trying to strategize, but yeah, they couldn't get untied in time, so apparently that backpack, whatever was the hell obviously did, a really good way of doing <laughs> it. it really worked. You know... Now I kind of want to grab our backpack and, like, see, after we're done recording, if, like, I'm not doing it to you, clearly, because <laughs> of your own thing. But, like, I kind of want to see if there's a way that you can do it to where it's almost difficult to get out of it. Right. And, again, 
also says his backpack, and there's many types of backpacks out right, there in the world. Right, right. And he could have also cut the straps. Like, yep, he yep. just it doesn't say. So, right. sorry I got so caught up on that. I guess it was more of just own personal curiosity on it. And if he'd seen, like, photos or... No, I've seen photos of a shoe and a belt. Oh, can we talk about a shoe for a minute? Sure. Because I need a distraction. Because sure. I feel like this is about where you get real dark, real quick. All um, right, just a little distraction. Okay. So Ryan and I were watching YouTube, and it was like things that were hidden in walls. Do you guys know that back in the 17th century, they used to put shoes inside the walls to ward off demons? Because, you know... No, it was to ward off witches. Oh, yeah. Oh, witches and demons. It was both. <laughs> Evils. So, you know, any kind of evil. So, like, if they came through, is the shoe just magically going to pop up and beat the shit out of you? <laughs> right. That'd be awesome. This bad witch. Before we continue on with the story, we are going to take a little bit of an ad break. Are you looking for better insurance from home, auto, and life? Call Andy at 616-777-3202 for all your insurance needs. Let Andy from Shield Insurance help you save money like he helped us. You can also text the phrase, call us dead, to Andy again at 616-777-3202 so he knows that the Call Us When You're Dead Family podcast sent you. And why not get on that money-saving train? Now back to the show. So, Resendez came back at this time. He was holding a rock, a 52-pound rock. He stood over Chris's body and just dropped it on his head. Holy Jesus. Holly could hear Chris gargling and struggling for air as she lay next to him, watching as he took his final breath. Where the fuck are you finding a 52-pound rock? (laughs) People just got that shit laying around? Probably by the damn railroad tracks. I'm I'm going up to the railroad tracks, and I swear to God, if I find a single 52-pound rock, I'm throwing it (laughs) down the hill somewhere. (laughs) Ain't nobody need no 52-pound motherfucking rock. (laughs) You basing your whole family off that rock? Yeah, You're building I, your whole home out of it? Is it a five-bedroom, two-bathroom home, rock? <laughs> right. I'm surprised he, there was anything that she heard from him after that. I know that sounds gross, but a 52-pound rock? Right, right. I have dropped a 10-pound bowling ball on my foot and thought, Jesus Christ, the world has ended. A 52-pound rock? Yep. Oh, God, keep going. I can't handle the rock thing. You just had to add in some dumb, actual, factual shit that would make me question all of life. Because who the fuck has a 52? Callers, if any of you have a 52-pound rock, please question your own sanity. (laughs) Anyways, Resendez now focused all of his attention on Holly. Not taking a damn break with that (laughs) 52-pound rock? Right, right. You think you need a breather afterwards, right? I need a cigarette and a nap. (laughs) (laughs) So he started to do the terrible awful, and she fought back as much as she could. Good. She should have grabbed that rock. Right. Well, she was still tied up. Oh, fuck. But then he took out that ice pick or screwdriver weapon and held it to her neck, causing her to no longer fight it. I wouldn't either. I would have gone real still real quick. Sad thing is, afterwards, he stabbed her in the neck anyways. Oh, God. This didn't stop Holly from trying to study every scar, every blemish, every tattoo Resendez had, just in case she happened to survive. And, spoiler alert, she does survive. Well, that's why she's on this episode. Exactly. 
Holly even went as far as trying to rip off one of her own fingernails and dig it into the dirt so that if he took her body away, there would still be some sort of evidence to show that she was there. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Oh. Okay, listen. I have lost part of a nail, and I could not take that. But you're saying she has now been stabbed. She has... She's been stabbed in the neck. She's been tied up. She's been sexually assaulted. And she has the wherewithal to go, not only am I going to study you so I can make the best description of you because I've said it in my mind, I'm going to get the hell out of here. But then she rips off her own nail. Do you know how much force it takes to even break off that part of your nail? Right. Now, I'm not 110% sure if she actually did manage to physically rip off her own nail. All the articles were saying that she tried. She at least. tried. So that means she probably came in to, she's going to come into the hospital with part of it more than likely removed, if not, you know, or just hanging there for her to, you know, for them to have that. Yeah, yeah. Holly tries to talk to him even, offering details about herself and her life, then asking about him, his family, his friends, etc. Rosendas wasn't enjoying the conversation and things got worse for Holly. He began to beating her with a wooden board. Where the hell, where did he get a wooden board? Did this man? No, like, you know, okay, okay. When I first seen wooden board, because that's what it said, I was picturing on railroad tracks, you know, they got those wood planks and sometimes they're scattered if they've just been recently replaced or they're going to replace them. They don't always get cleaned up and you'll catch them on the side of the I'm just saying 57 pound rock and now he's brought aboard did he bring up did he bring his clothing and (laughs) toothbrush too because clearly he's trying to build a damn home right right Holly recalled this attack in an interview with CBS News stating quote that's when he started hitting me I don't remember being hit I was hit with some sort of wooden board I think I put my hand up to block it But I was hit five or six times in the front of my face, and then I turned over. And I was hit five or six times in the back of my head. I'm positive that he probably knocked me unconscious, and my breathing was shallow enough that he had thought he had killed me. End quote. That's just crazy. Yeah. And the fact that she, like, remembers... She she almost played possum. Right, yeah, yeah. Playing possum, and, and, yeah, I... I, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just crazy to think of being hit in the face that many times in the front of your face, in the back of your face, back of your head, like. Ooh. And then going, I'm going to lay over and I'm going to act as if my, if I'm dead. It essentially is what she's doing at this point, because for her, that's the only way to survive is she has to make him believe. Right, right. She's done, she's done rationally, uh, like the rationalizing with him or trying to like become friends with him type of thing, which yep, you yep. hear a lot of victims a do. A lot of victims do. And and there's nothing wrong with that because you try to connect them on an emotional level. And gain their trust a little. Right. And to see if they'll stop. And sometimes, like in the case of Holly, that doesn't. And then you get the people like Holly that they go, okay, I can't breathe hard. I have to make it look like I'm dead. And so I, ooh, I don't know if I could physically do that i feel like my my heart would be racing so hard that i would want to breathe quicker well at the same time after everything that she's been through she may not have actually intentionally started breathing shallow she could have been on the brinks of death 
Well, yeah, true, and just not, true. You know, who knows? Yeah, you know, but we've heard it in the past where people are like, "I just slowed my breathing." Yep, yep. Thinking that he had killed Holly with her being covered in blood and her unnoticeably shallow breathing, Resendez just goes on his way. Do 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 do. He just walks away shit. from her. Yep. Leaves leaves Chris and Holly both there, dead. Well, one's well, Chris is dead, dead and, and Holly dead. is possumed. Right. Eventually, Holly regained consciousness. Again, Holly recalls waking up, stating, quote, I knew that I was injured. I knew that I was hurt. I don't think I knew what my injuries were. I realized that my mouth wasn't shutting right, and I was covered in blood, end quote. He broke her jaw. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Right. I've seen somebody that's had jaw surgery, and they talked about, like, what kind of pain that was to have the jaw broke and then wired shut. Right, yeah. They do, it does mention that uh, she did have her jaw wired shut. It just seems so uncomfortable. Oh, God. I would never want to go through that. There's a lot of things that I would never want to go through, and I feel like that's one of the top ten is getting my jaw broken and wired shut. Definitely. She managed to get up and walk almost 200 meters, or about one-tenth of a mile, until she found someone to help her. They called 911, and an ambulance arrived shortly thereafter to bring her to the hospital. Don't forget to call the 911. The 911. <laughs> Sorry we're making so many jokes on this. This one is just... This, I think, is one of the rougher ones that we've done in a minute. I mean, I feel like several of them are pretty damn rough. Maybe the funny just wasn't there on those, and this one, I'm <laughs> 57-pound rock. and 52. Stop adding five extra pounds. Whatever. Does it matter? <laughs> nope. At the hospital, doctors noticed that she had a broken eye socket, a broken jaw, a stab wound to the neck, and multiple deep gashes on her skull and face area. Sadly, while Holly was in the hospital, she missed Chris's funeral and suffered from a major case of PTSD. Yeah, you are always going to have PTSD from that. For sure, for sure. How long was she in the hospital? Because it says that she missed Chris's funeral, and I feel like that had to have been at least two weeks. No, it it actually, the articles I read that said that her initial stay was about five days. Wow, so they, they did his funeral quick then. Yeah, yeah. Because typically it's one to two weeks after death. But I guess I was adding more because you would think that they would want to do more criminal like investigation into it because he was a crime victim. Right. But his they may not needed to necessarily because they did have a eyewitness witness witness at all. Okay. Okay. So tell me this guy gets caught. Uh yes, he does eventually get caught. Resendez killed at least 15 people over a decade's time. Jesus. He mainly used rocks, a pickaxe, and other blunt objects. He eventually was captured on July 12, 1999. With such gruesome ways of attacking people, his mental health was put into question. Which it should have been, always. Right, it definitely should have been. While speaking with a psychiatrist, he described himself as half man, half angel. So you are not a Nephilim. <laughs> And and that he could not be executed because he did not believe he could ever die. And this was proven to be false as he was executed in Huntsville, Texas on June 27th, 2006 by lethal injection. Okay, so are we just going on that if I say it, 
then I believe it and it has to be true <laughs> method. I yeah. Well, because I feel like many serial killers say the most outlandish shit and believe it to be true. Because at that point, does Holly get to come in and say, I believe... Your left testicle will fall off. Well, no. And then it'll just go, bloop. She gets to say something of like, I am an angel destroyer. And then she <laughs> gets to flip the switch. And then she laughs the whole time. Right. And then turns it back off. And he's just kind of... And she goes, oh, are you going to die? All right, because you're not an angel, you sick, sick fuck. Have fun in hell. And then turns it back on. True story, true story. Yeah, that's what I wanted for her. But clearly, lethal injection. Why do we just, you know? Yeah. I have my opinions on that. Too easy. (laughs) So, Ryan, what is Holly up to today, then? So, to figure out what Holly was up to today, I went to her own website. Girl's got her own website. Girl's She's just got doing her a thing. Web- yes, she is. Good. Holly has become a beacon of hope and inspiration to many. Miraculously living to tell her story, Holly motivates others to reclaim their lives after assault and to help her community build a network of healing and outreach. Holly's passion to advocate for other victims of violence is extraordinary, and it is this passion that has allowed her and organizations that she is a part of to reach out to so many people. Holly's work includes being the spokesperson for Holly's House, a local sexual abuse and domestic violence advocacy center, which she co-founded in her hometown of Evansville, Indiana. That passion later evolved into her current full-time work as a motivational speaker and trainer using her own experience and uplifting message to inspire and enlighten. Holly is a also a 2000 graduate of the University of Kentucky with a degree in business administration. She also earned a Master of Business Administration degree in 2006 from the University of Southern Indiana and an honorary doctorate of humanities from Oakland City University in 2007. I'm sorry, was she taking on 25 class loads in a year? Because how do you get your master's and your doctorate just within a year apart from each other? That's a good question. Well, it's it's an honorary doctorate. I don't know if that's separate from an actual doctorate. Oh, it could be, but I'm just saying. Yeah, no, it, regardless, it's super impressive. Oh, she yeah. has quite the resume. I'm just I'm just saying I'm impressed by that because it's like she said, oh, so I'm going to take all of the school all at once and I'm going to ace it. So have fun. Right. Holly would be about 45 years old today. And the last I read, she is happily married with a couple of kids. And that is the survivor story of Holly Dunn. That's an incredible like story. Yeah, did you like that one? I did. I did because it's. I think it's just that whole premise of, like, you're just out, you're doing your own thing. I guess my question is, is was Renenda's, or Resenda's local in her area, was it somebody that he, had he been killing people in the area, was he a known serial killer in the area at the time? No, he killed all over the country. Okay, so. Um, and another cool fact, I don't know why I didn't put it in there, I'm just rem- remembering it now, but Holly is the only known survivor of. Resenda's? The yeah, resembles wow. the rail. Don't call him what uh, don't call him that. Call him Dumb McDumb Dick with his 45, 52, 57 pound damn rock. <laughs> yeah. Look and look like Popeye. 
Yeah, she's the only sur- known survivor. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's amazing. Especially because you typically, when there is a serial killer like that, and I feel like he was, when you said that, he just walked away from her. It almost felt like in my mind that there was no um, trying or care, I guess. Or maybe he had put in more effort in his past victims in this, like, not caring as we've seen with other serial killers in the past where they have that one person that they don't care about that causes them to get caught. That's just what uh, he did. He didn't. He lacked that uh, emotion and that, yeah, uh, as he uh, sadly killed Chris, all he did was just drop a rock on his head and moved on. Well, thankfully, here at Call Us When You're Dead family, we do not lack that empathy. And because we talked about sexual assault, we are going to be giving you guys that hotline number again. So if there's you or anybody that you know that's fallen victim to it, you can call that number. And it is 1-800-656-4673 or 1-800-656-HOPE. There's also another number that we want to give you guys, and it's a newer one. And it is about stopping street harassment. And so I'm going to give you guys just a little bit of detail on it because I found it quite interesting. So, Stop Street Harassment is for catcalls, sexually explicit comments, sexist remarks, homophobic slurs, groping, leering, stalking, flashing, and assault. Most women and some men will face gender-based street harassment by strangers in their life. Street harassment limits people's mobility and access to public spaces. It is a form of gender violence and it's a form of human rights violence. And it needs to stop. So, the number to call if you are falling victim to that, or if you see somebody that's falling victim to that, is 855-897-5910. I would say save that in your phone. You don't know where you are. I know that we have people that live in New York. Cat calling is really bad there. There's things like that. Save that in your phone. If you got it going on, call that number and they will send somebody to help you. Right. And there's our show. Yeah. We only have two more episodes left for this season. So excited. I'm really excited to do the season finale because it is such an amazing episode. It's going to be good. I already know. It's going to be so good. And I think people need to understand that there's not going to be as many ha-has in that one. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so. It, just thinking about that case, I, it's hard to... It's a tearjerker. Yeah, it's hard to slip in some ha-has. Yeah, I mean, we will try to find the funny where we can, but we've never told anybody we were a comedy podcast. We've just told them we were true crime. Right. My ass just being sassy has brought that comedy. Exactly. Right. Please remember to rate, review, and oh, subscribe. Just go, just go read it and not, not just say, hey, yeah, I'll read it. No, no, just no communication. I'm communicating to the callers right now. Yeah, I'm going to communicate to the back of your head. No, go on with yourself. Read the oh, damn thanks. thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, regard, regardless, people. Five stars, wherever you're listening to. Yes, please. Also, don't forget to follow us on the socials. Oh, are you reading it angry now? You got real quick on that, like there was an angry read. No, I was like, I, don't, I was trying to See, sound excited. See, this is where we get the funnies, because now I'm going to get him on some things. <laughs> I like doing them. Also, don't forget to follow us on the socials. Facebook.com slash dead. Follow us on TikTok at Call Us When Dead, where you can see some of our fun videos of us, or better yet, our big cat Jakaris, the sugar gliders, Emma and Regina, 
And of course, our sweet, lovable dogs, Lola and Bailey. Or you can email us at callusdead at yahoo.com to tell us what you thought about the case, ask some questions, suggest some cases, or just to say hi. But until then, remember to stay strong, do everything with love, know there's always hope, and in case you forget, you can always call us us when you're dead. Oh, there was a big... <laughs> you had to edit that one out. <laughs> hit record just in time to catch that. Right. <laughs> like, okay, so I mean, like, we can edit this out, but I think the worst is, like, when we're talking, there's just that weird, like, because you need a breath, and you don't always realize it. Like, other people have that... We do that. I just try to edit them all out. I don't feel like we do it as bad as some of the other ones, but there are some that I heard it four or five times, and oh, I was like, I oh, God. It's annoying. Just... Meow. You can edit all that. They called the 911 and it, they they called 911. Ryan wrote it as they called the 911. You want to go? Want me to read it? You want to read it?